0: Good evening and welcome to The Game is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me tonight are Milo and Ram. Hello, chaps. Hey, Steph. Steph. How's it going? Good? Yeah, all good. Having fun? Yeah, very good. Always. Always indeed. And we had some fun yesterday, didn't we, chaps? Because finally, it happened at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, uh, No, I'm not talking about uh, a first-half goal for the first time in whenever, or even the thrilling 4-3 win over Leeds. No, I'm talking about the two of us, (laughs) Ricky, Amar, and myself meeting up for our annual the game is about glory match meet and it should have been the two of you not the two of us <laughs> we were all there is the point the game is about glory had their annual match meet even gareth was there but some sadly i, I think they had to rush off somewhere so but he was in the he was in the stadium our collective energy was in daniel's house right which is fantastic we also ran into a jovial top man from norway and I would like to say uh, personal, or give a personal shout out to my old San Francisco Spurs muckers who are visiting. Aaron, Evan, now UK resident Mokes, who is an honoree. We're all there. It was great. So, uh, yeah, what a good time it was. And I don't know. We'll be getting right back into all of it and what happened and uh, the Leeds game. I mean, that's going to take some time to discuss, I think. We're going to be touching back on all of that. And we'll also, yeah, you know, we'll say a little bit about the League Cup loss at Knott's Forest earlier in the week. Just a little bit. But as always, Let's start with the week that was. And we had the Champions League draw, which saw us drawn against AC Milan in the last 16 of the tournament. The first leg is in Milan on February 14th. The second game is back at our place on March 8th. Chaps, it's a simple question. Good draw?
1: I'm happy. They're a glamour club and it's a glamour tie. It'll be a tough test, but we don't need to fear them. And we've already beaten them in the knockout stages before under Redknapp. Uh, so we know what it's like to perform well in the San Siro.
2: Yeah, I mean, Milan are playing well this season. They're well, I don't. And certainly last weekend they say they were second in Serie. A. I'm not quite mm. sure where they are after think the, they the are, round of yeah. fixtures this weekend. Um, but yeah, they're playing well. They're a decent team. We're it's a game. We're going to have to take seriously, but that's probably a good thing. Yeah, I agree with Ram. I think we're capable of beating them, but um, we'll have to be on top of our game valentine's day in milan i mean you know yep. everyone will be pleased about that won't they
0: <laughs> well already i i know i mean i know that there's a, a couple of my friends who are looking to uh, take their uh, their significant others to milan for valentine's day i think johnny's doing it so um and johnny if you're not i, I think i've planted the suggestion it would be a great thing <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think ricky did that last time didn't he, he? Did. I think it was also yeah. valentine's
2: day yeah. and i think he treated mrs yeah. ricky to a romantic trip to milan and then oh by the way we're supposed to playing there. Oh, well, I yeah, suppose i yeah. better get some tickets. And
0: um. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and, and interestingly enough, being Valentine's Day, do we think that anyone is going to try and uh, give one of our assistant coaches a Glasgow kiss on the AC Milan side? Do we see that happening? Because it certainly like happened the last you time there. we were in the San Siro, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, probably won't. No one's going to go up to Stellini, are they? And, 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 you know, give him a gentle pucker on the forehead with theirs, are they?
2: <laughs> I'm trying to think through. So Ibrahimovic is probably the most...
0: Oh my God, he played, that's right. Oh, what a wanker. Oh, I can't I can't stand him. That's right. Oh, it could all kick off. He, he he was
1: playing for them the last time we beat them in the was Champions League. Yeah, had a late goal disallowed for Milan as Spurs held on. I remember it was, I think it was like a kind of an overhead kick or at least a volley and it seemed dubious. So was but, that a
0: first spell he had at AC Milan? Yeah, yeah. So was he still kind of young and relatively uh relatively it was 2011, innocuous? so
1: he would he would have been late 20s, I think. Mm. So
0: he was still big enough. to Wow, I've got to up yeah, my... Yeah. I've got to up my... Keeping uh, my memory clear for the wankers that I hate in football. I'm not doing a good <laughs> enough job. Appalling. Well, I stand corrected. Well, <laughs> he can take on the mantle that Catuso once held, then, we should just say, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you're right, uh, Milo. If anyone can
0: be a nomination for headbutting someone, it would be him. Wow. So there you are. (laughs) Uh, Of course, that fixture has caused a fixture congestion. I mean, it's done the same for, you know, Chelsea and Liverpool, but we don't care about them. (laughs) Their fixture congestion is a great problem, Uh, but our one isn't. Uh, Ourselves and Man City are in opposite weeks in the schedule, and it means there's now no natural vacant slot to play our game that was postponed due to Queen Elizabeth II's death. So um, it's going to be interesting how they sort that one out. One certainly hopes it doesn't get moved right to the very, very, very end of the season or becomes an extension. But, I mean, it seems like it probably will. I mean, how else can they do it? It depends what happens in the domestic cups, doesn't it, really? Yeah, I suppose so.
2: So this week we've seen, well, a a run of... uh... World Cup squads announced. I think there's still a few uh, still to be announced coming coming into this week. But um, congratulations to the following players who've been included in their country's squads for the World Cup. Richarlison, pierre Emile Højbjerg, Ivan Perisic, Ben Davis, Joe Roden, he's still one of ours, Eric Dyer, Harry Kane, Papi Matassar, Hugo Lloris, uh, Rodrigo benton Christian Romero, and sung Min. Come home safely, boys. Um, just while we're on that, we've got... Some old boys there as well. So obviously Gareth Bale is also in the Wales squad. Cameron Carter-Vickers has been selected for uh, the USA. Juan Foyth is in the Argentinian squad. Christian Eriksen, uh, Jan and Toby are there with Belgium. Luka Modric is there with Croatia. And Vincent Janssen is also going there as part of the Dutch squad.
0: Oh, wow. wow. Blimey. He was one of those players I felt sorry for because I always sort of wanted him to succeed because he seemed like a good egg. He just had good egg vibe about him, and he seemed to suffer a little bit of bad luck and things hitting the bar and things not quite going over the line and a bit of hustle bustle. I don't know. I was a bit sad when it didn't work out for him, but he wasn't really very good, was he? (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I'd agree with that.
2: I think it was a bit of an odd signing because he'd had one very hot season and the rest of his career hadn't been quite so good. So I think it's probably one where we we paid uh, top price for a player off the back of, you know, one very good season. Mm. Um, And then it's very difficult, I think, to transfer that to a new league where you don't get a lot of game time. And, you know, he's that kind of prime example of you know a young player sat behind harry kane and obviously every manager wants harry kane to play every minute they can he can and mm. yeah not every manager just- uh,
0: conti doesn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, i've stolen your line milo i'm sorry i've stolen your line mate <laughs> but
2: yeah no i, I like i like jansen as well it just um, just didn't work out did today
0: let me carry on t- uh, to the world cup break Uh, Dan Kilpatrick wrote in the Evening Standard this weekend that the coaching staff and players not at the World Cup, which at this point seems to be approximately 12, will not be heading somewhere warm to train during the break and will instead stay at home and train at Hotspur Way. We are meant to have been unable to find warm weather facilities that match the training ground. It seems a bit odd. But anyway, Dan also reports that we are planning up to three behind closed door friendlies before the season resumes on Boxing Day which is fair enough if you assume that we're treating this like a pre-season. Disappointingly, Antonio won't have the players, not at the World Cup, for the whole time because a number of these countries that haven't qualified are planning to play international friendlies. Ludicrous, isn't it, chaps?
2: It does seem a bit of an odd decision in a season where players have been run ragged and I think disappointing from purely uh, club over country perspective which is the perspective of course was God. um it's yeah I I, th- I thought that this gave us a real chance to forget for Conte to work with some of those fringe players and uh, um you know maybe help them find their way into the team in the in the second half of the season so yeah it's a shame I hope also that those friendlies are going to be on Spurs play because it's going to be really um, the cold turkey of not watching football over you know watching Spurs over the next um and you know, what is it? Six weeks is going to be quite tough. Five, six weeks is going to be quite tough. So I'd I'd like those friendlies to watch those friendlies if I can.
0: I'm actually really happy to hear you say that. I'm happy to say that you're going to get cold turkey not watch us because there's been so many people complaining recently. I I agree with you by the way, but it's a it's a nice detail, and I agree. We are all going to miss it much more than some people think. I've I've come to the conclusion that I can't watch the World Cup in good
2: conscience, so I'm not going to watch it. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I've been kind of mulling. I've it's never felt right, never sat right with me, and I wow. wasn't, I wasn't quite sure where I was with it. But kind of the more I have thought mm. about it over the last few weeks, I just I just can't watch it. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to watch our women's team. Who mm. I watch anyway, and I'm going to go and watch a bit of non-league football.
0: Wow, fantastic! Oh, that's that's tremendous. I wish I could say that I had the same level of integrity. I don't think I have. So um... I,
1: I I'm also boycotting the World Cup. Because I can't in good conscience watch it when Emerson Royale hasn't been called up. He's
2: <laughs> That's one human rights abuse too far for you,
0: is it? <laughs> yeah. For a small moment, for a small moment, I'm like, God, am I really going to be the single wanker on the pod? I mean, aside from the fact I usually am, I just thought, am I really going to be the single double wanker on the pod? <laughs> But uh, no, quite, I mean, quite seriously. I mean, look, we usually, I mean, we, we script, you know, we script these things. We have pre chats, but this is the first time Milo's mentioned this to mm. any of us. I think that's fantastic, great. And uh, again, you know, I, 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 I will, I do not have um that fortitude. Uh, so I applaud, uh, I applaud you for having it for you.
1: Yeah, same Milo. Like I I you know, I'd like to think I would have done the same but then like a, f- a few friends were talking about, you know, where we're going to watch the first England game and I, you know, I'm completely sucked in. And then oh yeah, yeah, this is where we'll go and you know, making yeah. plans and stuff. So, yeah. I was yeah. a bit
2: I tell you, I was looking <laughs> So we have been looking at fixtures of kind of what else is on and what I can watch, where I can get my fix. Yeah. disappointingly, our under 21s don't have a game until January now, so they're off. They've got a break <laughs> as well. Because I thought I I'll, I'll watch I watch some youth football. I will watch the women's team. I'll um yeah. I'll, be, I'll go and watch the non league football. And um yeah. and it, you know that that'll all be good. But um you know I mean, I mean we we should support non league clubs as well. I mean it's in, you know the lower leagues. I think every league below the Premier League in England is carrying on, and you know it's um it's good football and it's a good day out so yeah
0: yeah i mean if i i, I have to say if i lived if i lived uh, here still i would most certainly be considering doing that going to see you know a a club in the lower leagues that that, that's a great that's a great option but yeah and look I mean I think for anyone who boycotts look even if you end up watching a game further on down the line not watching one or not watching several because you've decided not to support I think is a great step so any 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 motion made is excellent and uh
2: yeah I mean let's face it it's gonna be be difficult to avoid I'm gonna be aware of what's going on I'm I'm bound to see bits of it yeah whatever I try and do but um yeah, I'm not going to sit down at t- on TV and put yeah, it but, on and watch it all.
0: Okay. But the mere fact that when someone says, why aren't you watching the World Cup and or why aren't you making a specific point of it, shall we say, and you mm-hmm. turn down and say, well, I don't want to t- turn on my television and support this, that's one more discussion that will happen about what's been, what Qatar mm-hmm. uh, has been up to in terms of human rights abuses and, and, and lack of freedoms. And and that's that in and of itself serves a great purpose. So, you know,
2: so excellent. Yeah. And actually, I mean, I think, you know, obviously I don't support what the Qatari government do or you know how they you know know, human rights abuses and you know kind of slavery and building the stadiums and you know how people are treated there but but also you know FIFA have chosen to do this and you know if you look at some of the kind of draconian measures that they've put in place in in countries, you know, when the, when the World Cup was held in South Africa, South Africa had to change the tax rules in order for FIFA to get as much money out of the country as possible and put <laughs> virtually nothing in. So, you know, FIFA can can dictate the terms of, of who hosts the World Cup, and they've chosen not to do anything about the horrific um, uh, human rights abuses that happen in that country. So that's a choice yeah. by FIFA, and that's why I can't watch it.
0: I'd like to at this moment take a pause and recognise that man of international conscience, recognised as such for a good couple of decades at least. Um, I could only be talking about Set Bladder, who turned around and said, we were wrong to give Qatar the World Cup back in, what was it, 2010? So 12 years later, yeah, yeah. Set Bladder feels that they made a mistake. But it wasn't for human rights. It was because the country's too small, which probably means he didn't make enough money. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. It's going to be hard to have done any pod on the last day of the regular half season, if you will, going into a World Cup and not having touched on the World Cup. So I'm kind of glad that we did. But um, speaking of people who have, uh, shall we say, come in and completely ruined, um, you know, really great things or things that work for their public. um, Milo, I know you wanted to get into something um, that uh, relates to the Games About Glory. so. I, I i open yeah please do take it on
2: yeah so i was going to talk about um mastodon so we we've set up a, a account for the pod on mastodon um and originally it was set up as a kind of life raft in case twitter goes tits up um as elon musk tries his best to fuck up everything that was ever good about it I, i've got to say so i mean i, I signed up like, personally back in the spring when kind of his in buying it was first um first muted and then I've kind of used it more over the last few weeks. I like it. There's a kind of small but friendly and growing Spurs community there. And in kind of in terms of positives, I think, because there aren't algorithms there that promote content in the same way that you get on Twitter or, you know, Facebook. And, you know, because of that, um, it's not the loudest voices, that are the ones that are, you know, are unavoidable. And, um, you know, a lot about Twitter and the way those algorithms work kind of encourages and rewards bad behavior. So you don't have that there. I mean, say I say that as someone who's, who, who really likes Twitter and is really sad about what's happening there. But um, anyway, um, I think Mastodon is, I, I like it. It's, um, it's a little bit tricky to get your head around at first in terms of certainly signing up. Um, but what I would say is if, um, if anyone's interested and you're confused by it all, reach out to me on Twitter or um, you know, Mastodon if you sign up and happy to have a chat and talk through that. If you do sign up, um, we're using the hashtag COIS uh, to try and build the Spurs community and put people in touch. So if you post an introduction there and say hi, then we'll retweet it and uh, and follow you and other people will do the same and if you're a Spurs fan and you're on there I'd encourage you to uh, I said retweet didn't I I think it's boost is the terminology um I'd encourage you to boost other Spurs fans there so we can find each other and yeah and grow that community um and if you want to find us our names there is at game is glory pod at mastodon.green and my personal account is at not that milo at mastodon.social Give me a shout if you're confused, and I'll see if I can help you.
0: Oh, you know the first person is going to be giving you a shout because they are confused. It'll be me (laughs) because I. (laughs) No, I mean no. I mean I'm not even being funny. No no idea, but I'm really interested. (laughs) No.
2: Basically, because it's decentralised, because it's not run by a big corporation and they've got control over it. There are different people, you know, hosting instances of it, and you sign up to one of those, but then you get access to the whole thing. But it doesn't matter which one you sign up to, you can switch, you can move later on. Um, And there's some tools out there that can help you find one that might match your interests. I mean, Steph, you're a writer. There's some that are set up for journalists.
0: Great. Yeah. I mean, I like the decentralized idea. I mean, that sounds fantastic. You know, I mean, not having people shove things at you. And going back to you've always said that Twitter was for you somewhere where you could actually you know freely select the information that you wanted to, and increasingly that's not the case. So this sounds like a really great uh, alternative to follow. So I'm excited. Thanks for offering uh, some more deeper information on that. And folks, seriously, uh, if if anyone would know about this stuff, it is Milo. So I'm going to trust him, and I am going to hit him up in the middle of the week, and I am going to uh, uh, get on. Get on Mastodon, which uh, previously to me was a was a rock band. So I'm excited to rock explore band. Mastodon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to explore it as a, a, you know a platform of a, of free communication. Great,
2: it's a nice, friendly community, and it reminds me a lot of the early days of Twitter. Which. We're really good. Yeah, you know, I've been on Twitter since I think two thousand and eight. I signed up for Twitter, so I was on there quite early on, and I, you know, in different guises, but you know, kind of with different projects or different things I've been working on. So yeah, I've been there for a while. I, I really, I, you know, I, I I like it, but I don't like what's happening to it at the moment, and I don't like what he might do with it. The more yeah. time I spent on Mastodon, the more I've liked it.
0: From the spirit of what Twitter started as to the spirit of what Tottenham Hotspur is all about, I could only be talking about our 4-3 victory over Leeds at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which, let's let's step out of the Antonio era for a minute, was the best and the worst of Tottenham Hotspur in 95 minutes. It was total spurs. It was unbelievable. I think we all, when we met up uh, afterwards, we were all joking about how long it would take for Conti to express his uh, almost uh, unhidden uh, disgust at the lack of control over the game and and so it turned out to be it was a a, a, i mean glorious entertainment but let's try and pick it apart shall we let's see where we can get and good luck to all of us because it's going to be tough um i guess we should start with the uh uh, you know our first and opening question which is (laughs) how did we play overall there you go set you up for a good one there
2: (laughs) i'm gonna do team selection first because i think it's quite an interesting one team selection wise
0: no, oh, that's right. Team selection. I've gone so far, scrolling ahead. I, I, I'm just so excited to get into how do we play overall. Team selection. That's right. Let's bring some order to this pod. Unlike the game, team selection. We must start with. Thank you. Fire away. Um,
2: it was just really, really nice to be able to see Richarlison and Decky back in the side. I think you know, returning to three-four-three, um, st- starting with probably you know the best eleven he had available and. I mean, you know, Decky particular. I, th- I thought Richarlison is you know, not going to get the headlines in the same way that, you know, a handful of other players were. But I thought his energy and work rate were, you know, helped the others. It creates the space. It creates, you know, it, it um, um, sets the tempo. So I thought Richarlison, you know, isn't not, not going to get the headlines, but I thought it was, was good. Um, Decky really, really showed what we've been missing, and he really, really hit the ground running, didn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this might end up being quite a short pod because I've pretty much written word for word what you just said, Milo. <laughs> I said it's good to see us back um, in a 3-4-3, as we know that's the preferred formation. Uh, really good to see decky and Richarlison back. Um, definitely gave us a much uh, needed boost up front. Um, and the rest of the team sort of picked itself um, after the cup, cup game. But um, I thought Richie, I thought he helped to create another outlet other than Kane um, to hold up play and bring others into play. Um, I did find that his short passing was a bit wayward. But one thing I hadn't noticed until yesterday was he's actually got a decent mid to long range pass on him. Um, he switched play a couple of times quite effectively. Um, and as for decky there's just, there's not enough superlatives. He was exceptional. Um, something um, R. Ricky said after the game, which I completely agree with, is that whenever he gets the ball, he's looking, he's always looking to see how he can affect the game. Um, and boy, did he affect the game. Um, he's one of the most exciting players in the league to watch. And yesterday he was always looking to take on a player and find a killer pass. And he always seems so in control of the ball. Like his ability to get out
0: of tight spots is fantastic. Very much reminds me of um De Bruyne. It's interesting because, uh, first of all, I think one of the, the most... Uh, the biggest key things about Richie's uh, return is that he was on the left and we've rarely had a chance to mm. see him start from the left, obviously, because Sonny, that's where Sonny plays. So I think in terms of seeing him maybe switch to play a bit more, which you, which you quite rightly pointed out, Ram, it's probably a little easier when he's playing in a more comfortable position mm. for him. And and I agree, considering it's his first full start for some time. And, you know, the World Cup has to have been in everyone's minds. I don't care what anyone says. Um, You know, he, he really did have uh, i thought a a really good game yeah look i mean i'm there's not much more anyone can say about decky is there i mean he i I think you know that whole point of him looking to affect the game is is so true you know he is and and i found myself thinking yesterday wow though it would have been nice to have had sunny out there as well i mean richie played well but it would have been nice to have had sunny because that those three when they're together and when they're able to play together um they're they're the best. They're the best front three in the Premiership. And it's funny. You say that Deke looks a little bit to you like De Bruyne. I see that. I I, I also see him almost having that sort of Dembele like ability to just physically just he rolls yeah, past players like Musa used to. Although he's much more dynamic, but he's got it and he's deceptive. He's much faster than you think. Mm. I keep on forgetting that how far – he's mm. really pretty fast.
2: I think the main thing is he just offers us balance that you know no one no no other option on you know the right of the front 3 provides us you know Richarlison has worked hard when he's played there but he doesn't provide that balance he doesn't uh, complement the other players in the same way and you know we're absolutely lost when when Deke's not available and um finding ad- adequate mm. cover for him has got to be one of the priorities for January um because otherwise we're going to run him into the ground in the second half of the season he's yeah. so
1: good that i think if he'd been available if he hadn't been injured I think we would have had more points on the board in the league. I think the Champions League would have been um, more comfortable. I really think that, that he's that important to how we play now.
2: And the other thing is, is that if he'd been available, then Charlison and Son would have been alternating. So arguably, neither of them would, you know, maybe both of them don't get injured because they're not being, you know, run into yeah. the ground like they were. So Deke and Benteke, if you were buying them now, what do you reckon you'd pay for them? So oh, we steel. were talking about this, weren't we? Yeah. We got still Was it seven, was it seventy million for the pair of them we paid last?
0: Or, yeah. You know, we, we, I don't think was, it was even that much. Was it that much?
2: Well, Decky's, De- yeah, Deke's a, was a loan, a loan to to permanent, wasn't it? But um, yeah. yeah, I think that I think that's I think that was the the size of the deal.
0: I think decky right now in the current in uh, currently fully fit playing. I think you've got seventy million pound player alone right there. Because he's such a a unique, he's got such a unique skill level. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that might be even, you know, undercooking him a little bit. But I mean, he's, his value to us is more.
2: He'd start for anyone in the league, wouldn't he? Yeah. A
0: hundred percent. Klopp, yeah. Klopp would do his nut for him. You know Klopp would yeah. love him. I mean, you know, he would. I mean, I, and you know that Pep's looking enviously and thinking, wow, yeah. what I could do with that guy. A- absolutely. So maybe maybe I'm cheapening him. But I would say 70, you know, we're going to get into Bend and core in a minute. I, I, let's let's not go too far on that. But what I will say is uh, easily 70, 75 million mm. as well. Easily, easily.
1: I said yesterday, actually, that in the current City team, Deky would be... St- He's sensational for us, but in that team, I think he'd just be that they'd just be unbeatable.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think we're we'll all agreed that not you know that he... we're trying to sell him. No, God no. <laughs> Although
2: after an unfortunate incident on the high road following the game yesterday, he might be, he might be looking <laughs> for a way out.
0: I think it's a disgrace. Actually, a player is just trying to drive home after after like you know a man of the match performance. <laughs> And his car gets surrounded by numpties, including these middle-aged, if at best, men that they call themselves, who should know better than to try and take these pathetic selfies, you know, leaning into the poor guy's car window. I mean, what the bloody hell is going on? What's security? And those photos.
1: Where those is photos the security? Those photos will be available on our Twitter of of uh, Ricky and Steph. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I, yeah, it was an out of body experience. I claim no responsibility for my uh, <laughs> for my uh, pathetic fandom, but uh, yeah, it was a good laugh. Actually, we saw the moment and we seized it. But yeah, well, yeah um, I mean, he looked overjoyed. <laughs> he looked, didn't he? Didn't he just? Didn't he just? The, it was actually the look of interest as well as joy that was etched in his face. It was interest. the double whammy: interest, interest and joy. Yes, he had both etched on his face. He was beaming with 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 joy and interest. Whatever the opposites Mm. of those are, folks, that's what he looked like. (laughs) Whatever opposites (laughs) to those two words, you can find. That is how Dejan Kulisevsky looks in his selfie with your humble, humble pod host.
1: He he looked like he wanted to be in that place at that moment. More than anywhere else in the world. Yeah, any we're... anywhere
2: else in the world. I think <laughs> if we were gonna draw speech bubbles on it, I think that I'd
0: I'd like I would to ha- see Or that. like
2: thought bubbles. It's like <laughs> is my central locking on i think it's probably
0: what it says i think it followed very closely by jeff i told you we needed tinted windows on this fucking car uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it was, as you can tell the game is about glory had a lot of fun yesterday uh, you know it's fair to say firewater was part of it it was a, what a it was it was a bonkers day out in, in all manner of ways but we have established that the team selection with Decky and Richie starting again was great. Um, I had jumped the gun with how did we play overall. I don't know if we want to go for it. I mean, I think yeah. we should try and go for it <laughs> <Yeah>. quickly. <laughs> all right, let, let's do this in order. Um, uh, well, let's do this out of order. But 3-2-1 Ram, why don't you start? Bring us a how did we play overall?
1: I thought we were very stop-start. So at times we played some like beautiful one-touch passing passages and showed plenty of attacking verve. Then at times we looked all at sea. Unable to string more than two passes together, so it was it was a confusing and frustrating watch um and we looked more fragile at the back until Dyer went back in the middle Um, so i don't I don't think him on the right and Linglei central is the answer, but to come back three times and eventually win the game requires enormous determination, so we should be proud of that and as much as Lee, you know as much as leed's helping us by not being able to hold back, we did keep pushing and driving for an equaliser. Um, so that's something I think obviously that will be the takeaway from the game, but, um, it was frustrating and it was only after the final whistle that, you know, a little bit after the final whistle, I actually was like, I I did enjoy that, but in the moment it was tense.
2: I thought we played okay overall. So attacking wise, I thought, you know, when we're on it, we were really good, really good. Um, one positive is it definitely wasn't a game of two halves I, you know we weren't sitting back in the first half and soaking stuff up we were trying to play all the way through but there was an ebb and flow to the game um, most of the league's goals came from mistakes mm. right individual mistakes rather than kind of leads dominating and that kind of final 20 minutes where we've got everyone forwards or nearly everyone forwards is really good. Um you know we ended up with you know Sanchez effectively as the kind of right wing back or you know right up there like we've seen Dier do that recently and um it must be very difficult for teams to to deal with that and some of the kind of automations and quick passing that was leading up to certainly it's kind of bent into two goals and it was really good. So I think there's there's plenty there that I think is very positive. I know we've got a question in here about fatigue which I think is you know a contributing factor towards uh, some of the defensive lapses um I agree with Ram about Dyer at, at right center back he's just not good on the turn he's not good running back at goal he, he, he needs play in front of him and you know needs to be facing play and um I think yeah he, he suffers when he's chasing back and you know that, that cost us a couple of goals and uh, when he switched to the middle he looked a lot better but um yeah I think there's you know there's plenty to be positive about the game and Overall, I thought we were all right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that we all <clears throat> we all were discussing that afterwards about um, about Eric being better in the centre. I mean, I, I I don't think he was di- I mean, You know, he was maybe partially responsible. I mean, we could we can tab responsibilities for goals. I thought I have to say, I thought Emerson Royal on the first goal was just was just completely. He was in no he was nowhere. He was ball watching and and you know. But those mistakes. I mean, we can drill into these mistakes if we want. But let's face it, these mistakes have been happening <laughs> for the last few weeks. It's that it's the same mistakes that are happening. You know, there, there's definitely a, a collective growth. Amongst all of us, when they do, it's 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 you know we've got to hope that the break brings some respite from them and some reorganisation, and we've got to hope that certain defenders who have been um, <coughs> unavailable uh, for whatever reason they may or may not have will become available <laughs> again, and perhaps even you know we address the big issues and, and get some some quality defenders in to 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 be able to rotate. So
2: I, I rewatched the game today and I've gone through and kind of looked at you know every goal and I mean Royal. I mean, <laughs> Let's say a bit like as we're going to, going to talk on to the you know the forest game. There's, you know, none of them can be pinned on one player. Uh, you know, the first goal, you know, Hoy-Bier lets right. his name past him. You know yeah. I think Wright Royal is uh is not is not in the best position. again, that's something we saw um last week as well. Uh but Dyer's one on one and lets lets the shot get away. And he's just not great uh, on the turn and, and chasing back, and that's you know one of the reasons you know, when we see if you think about how his form was pre-Conte, and then um, you know when he was being played wide, and then when he switched to the to the middle, and you've seen you know the upturn in his form, a lot of that is because he doesn't have to do that, and you don't get you, you know that central position, you don't have to do, you, you're not required to do one on one, you're not required to do one on one defending very much, um, and you know you're always facing forwards, and, and that's what he's good at.
0: Oh, and this also will explain some of the misplaced headers and so on and so forth. I mean, we can drill into that if we want. And I agree. I mean, but I think we're in general agreement that. Yeah, You know, there is a systemic breakdown. Each goal, I think, you can uh, put to many people. And by the way, whisper it quietly. I mean, I do think that Hugo recently has also been
1: yeah.
0: incredibly tentative with some of his moves or his handling. He's really not been definitive. He's between a rock and a hard place. And I think it's just a collective sort of anxiety in that defence every time they get that the, the ball breaks through and
2: I mean I, I think you know. I think Lloris I mean the one I'd have I put the most blame on for Lloris was the third goal where the body go the ball goes, the shot goes across his body it's was Rodrigo wasn't it it was his second goal um and he shoots from the left across Lloris's body and Lloris yeah he, he's not even stretching and the, the the ball just runs past his fingers and I mean, it's it's always been a weakness in his game that that shot across the body. He's always been poor at it, but he should you know, he should have done better for that. I think with Lloris, unfortunately, so I think his handling
0: is poor as well. I, I
2: think, unfortunately, with Lloris, we're seeing his decline. And I think you know, I, I, I at the beginning of the season, I was hoping that we might get two more years out of him. I think probably a replacement for him in the summer is a priority now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the uh, great unspoken things of recent weeks is that he has been uh, uh, more tentative, and you know his reaction saves uh, uh, continue to be uh, excellent. Um, there's no doubt about that. But it is, you know, he's he's definitely not been as secure as as I would like, you know.
2: You know, and when we talk about players for systems, he's not a great fit for Conte. You know, you know, Conte wants the keeper to be. You know, also, you know, the last defender, someone that they can play the ball back to and they can they can pass out. And, you know, Hugo's never been comfortable doing that and even less so
0: now. It is one of the great ironies in that when he came in under AVB, I mean, he was considered the pro- a prototype sweeper keeper, but he's just been completely and utterly usurped by better sweeper keepers who are also much better footballers. And that's the key, yeah. isn't it? He's actual technical ability with mm. but passing and kicking. I mean I was thinking I mean Edison you look at Edison and, and, and Alison, Becker, I mean the, these these keepers are they are an eleventh player as well as a goalkeeper.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean when you think about when he came in, his signature was rushing off his line very, very quickly. Yeah. And yeah, but, absolutely. but it but it wasn't Calmly passing the ball out when he got there was it? It was being no, no, hyper aggressive no. <laughs> and, and hoofing it. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he's never been. You know, he wasn't doing that. Taking a touch, you know, tucking no. it behind him and then passing out with the other foot to no, to yeah. the wing back or something like that, or the full back.
1: It, even when he does have time and he tries to pass it out, like put a lofted pass over to the wing back. You know, it, there's a large percentage
0: of those go out for a throw in. They're lo- they're or, wafters, or, not lofters. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're they're like, yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah. You're right, Steph. You know when he joined the club, when he, you know, what he was doing in the Premier League was revolutionary at the time, and I remember a lot of people being very, very critical about it, saying, you know, why is he coming out? Why is he doing that? Yeah. You know, and and it did break the mold, and you know, it kind of it did p- pave the way for you know the keepers you mentioned there. Um, but they they've moved it on and taken it to a different level. Well, they're yeah.
0: footballers, aren't they? They're not yeah. keepers. Yeah. Yeah, they they are, they're, an 11, it, but... they're an 11th
1: they They're eleventh
0: player
2: yeah and you know where Conte wants to draw teams on to create the space behind yeah yeah you know, part of that you know is, is to create is to have the extra is to create the extra man by pull, pulling you on pulling teams mm-hmm. on you need the keeper to be able to play a part in that and Lloris can't so you know if we want to see you know the kind of the full full Conte ball you know the you know the ultimate um the full Conte <laughs> uh Yeah, that's right. If you want the full Conti, mate, (laughs) Um, then then we need that.
0: In fairness, with that, you also need to have probably a better a better technical uh, centre half as well. And I say that as one of Eric Dyer's biggest supporters. You you need someone to, at the very least, push his game so as to to see if he can be that technical player because you do need a a, a really, you know, you need a good distributor from that place, a good passer. I I agree, and and you know, it's a technical improvement all across. We need.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think. Personally speaking, I, mean, you know, I see a lot of people commenting saying, "You know, you need to bin the lot of them and all the rest of it." I don't. I don't think that's the case no. at all. No. I think you know, San- Sanchez and Japhet clearly aren't suited to what Conte wants. I think both of them need to leave over the next couple of windows, you know, preferably one in January, and bring in two players who um, can challenge for first team places. And then, you know, if you've got yep. uh, Longley, Davis, and Dyer as um, you know second choice. But you know can rotate and we can play. You know, we, again, we'll talk about tiredness later on and the number of minutes that Dyer's played. But if Dyer had players who could, you know, if he could, it was in and out of the side and he was rotated, and he was getting rest, then you probably wouldn't see so many mistakes.
0: A hundred percent.
2: You know, and he's, he's a useful addition. I think, I think look, I've been very impressed with Longley since he came on. I was a bit sceptical when we were linked in the summer. I like him. I think he's a good player. I hope we make the deal permanent. And I think he'd be a really useful squad player. I think Davis yesterday would be one of my top three players on the side. I thought he was superb. Mm. Um, but, you know, there's just not the depth there. And, and no, you know, if we can bring in, um, you know, a couple of other players who can really, really challenge for first in places and, and give us those options, and as you said, Steph, are comfortable on the ball, then. Uh, you know, and and then you add in a keeper who can also do that. Then we look like we're going to be a very different side.
1: We've said it before on the pod that Conte's system um, doesn't allow for players making silly mistakes. Um, you know, it's just it's so like it, it it's. Uh... The automations and things like that—they're so like set in how they need to be. And when it when it works, it's fantastic. But unfortunately, if you don't have the squad or players, individual players, and they, we keep making individual errors. Which a lot of our goals—I'd be really interested interested to know the percentage. Maybe it's something for Gareth, off pod. But um, I'd be really interested to know the percentage of goals we've let in that were um, from individual errors. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say I'd say it was quite a high percentage. You know, and and, mm. and our system just doesn't allow that. I mean
2: m- most goals come from mistakes in any game. I mean that's mm. you know, I mean that's one of the things about football is, that's odd it's a it's a low scoring game where mm. individual mistakes can be very costly. It's not like basketball where every time you get the ball you're expected to score and effectively mm. a basketball game is decided by the team that fails to score when they've got the ball football's not like that yeah. and and uh, yeah individual mistakes are costly and 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 that's been the case with us over the last few weeks um, you know and
1: we've yeah. let in a lot of goals in the <laughs> last few weeks we
0: have we have, yeah. but 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 and, and getting back to this game where we also still led in a lot of goals. And by the way, Antonio um, was not best pleased. I don't think we we all were, but he wasn't. <laughs> he, you know, <laughs> three goals conceded. I think it was a nightmare for him. But I, I think one of the things about our play overall yesterday that needs to be, you know, we need to highlight it um, because I think it's something this team has, you know, in, in spades is courage and for, and yeah. courage. And 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 you know, we I mean, we don't know when we're beaten. I mean, we really don't. And I think the most enjoyable thing about yesterday for me was that those pockets where everything synergized, and by that I mean where the crowd were in, were behind the team, where the team felt the love of the crowd and felt that, and felt that like, you know we scored, done something good, looked good. The moments where that came together in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, we looked unbeatable. I mean, we moved so smoothly. We looked so progressive. We looked really good, um, and 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 I, I thoroughly enjoyed these five. These, I th- I don't think they were long spells—five, ten minutes—where we absolutely looked, you know, like a, like a team uh, that should be top of the league. And I think it gave me great hope uh, for the fact that when we get all our players back from the World Cup, hopefully fit and can get some consistency, it's going to be all right, folks.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think partly there's a. Um kind of impatience from our fans in that you know what we've seen you know this wasn't a game of two halves this wasn't one where we sat back and then pushed on but we definitely ramp it up in the last you know 15 20 30 minutes depending on on the game and you know some of the stuff towards the end of this game you know and you look at the liverpool game last weekend where i think that second half was probably the best half of football we've played all season um you know although the the result was disappointing we're going to blow teams away. And, you know, if we cut out the individual mistakes and just a little bit sharper and then we've still got that, um, you know, we're fitter than you and, you know, we, and we've, we, you know we're going to overrun you in the, in the last, you know, the last quarter of the game. That's going to be really tough for teams. You know, they're mm-hmm. tired, and then and then you just get this wave after wave after wave of attack. And you, you know, we talked about Sanchez yeah. being up on the kind of up on the right wing, and, and you know, Davis is getting forward, and you know, you've got two you know, two players back, and, and then everyone else is forward. Very mm-hmm. very difficult for teams to to deal with. I think you look at what he's trying to do, and you know, I've got a question here, let me step About
0: we of, should bring it forward. We should bring it up yeah, right now
2: because I, I think. There's impatience I think I don't think it's possible to do that for ninety minutes, certainly not possible to do that for ninety minutes when you're playing two games a week. Um, but people when we're playing the more measured football, which we tend to be doing earlier in the game, people are impatient for the other stuff and there, there's um around around me there was a lot of groaning around um, you know where we're we're trying to pass side to side we're trying to you know create that opening um and you know there's quite a lot of criticism of Conte around me in the ground um and yes some of his selections and some of the you know some of the players um and yeah I, I i just think some of that is required in order to
0: get that you know real kind of blitzkrieg at the end of a game yeah I, I i think that you know the question we had that we're bringing forward is you know do the fans need this upcoming break as much as the manager and the players and i think that you know i think both of you know my feelings on this um mm. i'm very very strong about it I, I think that our fans need to grow a pair um and and actually uh take a more holistic view of what's happening right now we've been down this road before where our fan base gets upset because things aren't going well for them uh, for the team uh, as the, or as they want it uh in a in a two three month period and we've seen where that leads us um i don't want that to happen again in 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 this you know modern future of ours um and again, I, I point to the energy when, when players get bit when players feel that everyone's behind them. You know, you see the difference in the performances. They're human beings. They respond. And I say that as someone who, of uh, themselves, was once a critic of players. So, I mean, I just was, I, I was showing you earlier, I covered a school book in, in 1980, 81 with a Spurs poster. And, uh, you know, as a teenager, a young teenager, I had written my opinions of certain players on these players' shirts. Uh, Gordon Smith was apparently a dong. Um, Paul Miller was apparently a hero. Uh, ever the lover of the underdog. I'd said John Lacey was good, which, of course, anyone who saw John Lacey would realize is a probably not true um you know and i'd someone i think i'd written that mark falco is a prick which is unbelievable because he was a player i ended up really liking so i understand that we all have irrational and emotional feelings terry gibson by the way i don't think what did i say about terry gibson i said terry gibson was good I'm, um I'm, we, <laughs> I,
2: I what i want to see is obviously the opposite side of that where you're marking and giving commentary on their haircuts
0: there are some brilliant (laughs) haircuts in this oh my word oh there are some there are some glories and tragedies in the in the hair of Tottenham Hotspur 1981 (laughs) but I guess my my point being look I understand frustrations and I've had some discussions with friends of mine who who think that you know I'm, I'm not being realistic when I don't get upset about these things and and it's not that I just think we have a responsibility to apply context and and to understand the bigger picture here but Maybe it's all been a little too hectic. Maybe life is too hectic right now. So maybe this World Cup break is going to do the fans good as well. Ram, what what, what do you think?
1: I mean, just to quickly touch on the booing, I think like there's been times when we, you know in in our chat when I've not been at the stadium or we've been watching away f games away from home, and and you know, and, and my frustrations have come out where I'm like, oh, you know, this just isn't good enough, or this that was that goal considered was unacceptable, and things like that, but. I don't do it at the stadium because I'm the reason I'm there at the stadium is obviously to watch Spurs play and it's very cathartic for me in many ways. But also it's to get behind the team. And I don't know on what level of the numpty scale you have to be at to think that it benefits a player to get to get on their backs. Um, you know, and, and speaking specifically about Royale, for example, you know, he uh, a lot of people got on his back from his very first touch, mm. uh, and it got worse from there. And you know, and he made some unfortunate errors. He missed a golden opportunity to put us in, in the lead after a really particular brilliant passage of play. Yeah. But any other player on the pitch in those moments wouldn't have received the same vitriol. Absolutely. Um, so he's become on. a whipping boy in the way it used to be Winks, in the way it was the, uh, someone before that, you know, S- Sissoko for a while um and it's just it it's so unhelpful and the, and i just don't understand the vitriol behind it as well you know yeah. it's, if if you you're there to to support your team um but i i, I get the idea of sorry i know I'm, i might be going on a bit of a rant here i no, get go the for idea it. go <laughs> for it i i totally get the you know the idea of like people say well i pay my money and and so I should be able to say and do what I want when I'm at the stadium, you know, within reason. I'm like, that's fine. Spend your money on something that's gonna that's good for your health, and that's gonna make you, you know, make you enjoy yourself. Don't spend it on just getting completely on a player's back and actually affecting his game more than giving him like the the support. That will that will get him out of maybe a bad run of form, or you know, it's it's just it's so interesting how we how, how we create these whipping boys. I mean, I, th-
2: I think Royals a really interesting one because you know he's clearly not a good fit for Conte system, you know, and um you know even at cont- even Royal at you know, kind of you know peak performance is always going to be a slightly odd fit within you know what what the manager is trying to do, but. And you know, and, and similarly, I think actually, you know, if he moves to a team and he plays as a right as a right back, I think he'll do very well. I think he's a good player. He's just mm. being asked to do something that doesn't come very naturally to him, doesn't really fit sit, fit his talents. But what I don't, what I find odd is that you know, getting on his back is it's not as if he's never given all of his effort. I, I can understand yeah. being frustrated with players who who don't try, who you know don't put in the effort, um, but players who have been asked to do something that, you know, doesn't really isn't natural to them and they're trying their best, but not, you know, not being able to do it. It just feels a bit odd to me because, you know, he, 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 he can't do any more really. It's yeah. absolutely
0: yeah. right. It is like hiring a carpenter to paint your house and then booing at them when they don't get the job done properly in the way you want you're going, you're shit, you're a shit painter, you're a shit painter. And he's like, well, I'm actually a fucking carpenter. And just because I work in home improvements and, and do things, it does. I'm not the same. I'm doing this because my boss said, hey, can you fill in? And I'm like, I've painted a few houses I can and I'm doing the best I can. I mean, it's kind of similar. You know, it's like uh, um, we have to understand the context, and people don't. And that whole thing that you said, Ram, about when – and by the way, I agree with every word you said. But when you said that people say, well, I've paid my money, I can express myself. No, you fucking can't. And by the way, if Mm. you express yourself in a way that is uh, what I consider to be irrational and rude around me, I will tell you, and I think everyone should, I think we need to stand up to that behavior. I really do, because it's unacceptable. It's bully behavior. I don't like it. Mm. Sorry, I I cut you off.
2: (laughs) No, so, I mean, you know, Royal was kind of ironically cheered off, wasn't he, when he when he, when he Appalling. did Appalling. Um when he was sub for for Doherty. Um, Appalling. But you know, around me again there was there was lots of um you know kind of frustration with Conte for selecting him. And you know, I think you know obviously you know lots of people calling for Spence and um but yeah but that kinda of spilled over into a bit of a kind of general frustration with Conte and, and Conte's approach to the game. But, you know, we scored four goals. You know, and you know, four threes probably Three two is the classic Spurs score, Spurs score. You know four three is probably the set. You know it's probably number two on the list, isn't it? It's, you know, it is. yeah, And we and and and. In phases of that we were thrilling uh, you know those we scored good goals
0: but can I ask mm. you both a question that's not not in our list here but I think is really pertinent to this moment yeah you know, we've all been to, to, to many many games I mean, I've been to hundreds and hundreds of games I know that we've, we've probably between us put in at least six hundred, eight hundred hundred eight800 games I, I would imagine we, we know we've been to a lot of football when um, all over home and away Europe everywhere when you're at a game you can somehow feel. What, what's happening. There is a in-the-moment feel of a game. Some games you feel are going to be grinders. Some games you know are not going to be grinders. Now, as we walked into the stadium, I'm sure we all knew this is Leeds. This is Jesse Marsh-Leeds, and Leeds are an attractive side to watch, and Jesse Marsh doesn't necessarily believe in, in coaching defensive football. He wants to attack, and he wants to try and play. So we knew it was going to be a little bit open. Leeds were going to be fairly open. Do you not think, and did you feel, as the game was going back and forth, that this game can go anywhere at any time and that perhaps you know we've got to do our bit to help push it our way i mean am i is it too much to expect people to click in with the ebb and flow of that actual match rather than their own preconceived ideas of this guy's shit we're not doing this why is he doing that i mean am i asking too much i might be
1: I think and I actually think it happened in the game. I think when it, it uh, when we went 3-2 down, um the crowd the crowd fell silent and I think we were all a bit dejected, but there was then this started this little wave. I know I was, I was in the south stand and there was just this this little wave of like let's just get behind the team now. Let's just get behind the team and then it kind of built and it built and it built. Um and i'm not saying that the like the, the players reacted to it in that moment and you know and, and they may well uh have. you know we we were solely responsible for that but i, I yeah i'm definitely i definitely support that you know uh fans getting behind the team does very positively affect the t- affect the team um especially
0: in a bonkers game like it, that
1: yeah yeah yeah, because there was a moment after the, their third goal went in, I was like, "We're not coming back again. We can't. Surely, we can't." You know, maybe maybe, and I think it was there fifteen minutes, fifteen odd minutes left or something, and I was like, "I don't know if we can, if we will, will be able to come back from this shot." And it was more like, "Surely Leeds
0: will now shut up shop." Yeah, I knew that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they did also have a man sent off. We should point out. Yeah. Chatting someone on the train on the way back. He said the person
2: next to him had a bet on with Spurs winning 4-3 and he cashed out at 3-2. Oh!
0: oh. How much was that bet worth? Did you know?
2: Uh, I think he said it was a 10 or a 80 to 1.
0: Oh, dear. Has his match Ooh. ticket gone out the window? Oh, dear. And the that's rest. terrible. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. I mean, I... I... <laughs> that's his season, t- half I, season I, I... ticket, half season ticket.
2: I think, hmm, how how do I say this? I think the impact on a tea, on the crowd on a team I think is a little overstated and I think fans like to feel that they maybe add more than they do but I certainly think being negative is counterproductive. So I was pretty positive through the game because I, I thought in, in, in Spells, I thought we were playing very well. Uh, the goals we conceded were predominantly from mistakes but what I really liked was that um, yeah, a number of our goals you showed the effectiveness of the automation so uh third goal where you've got a crossfield ball from Davis to Doherty so puts puts a cross in is headed clear by Leeds but that you've got first time passing you know, across you know Doherty chests it down crosses the ball in um is headed clear but then you know falls to Benton Kerr who who scores you know scores on the on the half volley but you've got that you know the 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 pass the pass you know very very quick the fourth goal, uh, you've got Dyer back to Lloris, Lloris out to Davis, Davis to Perisic, Perisic to Basuma, Basuma to Dyer, Dyer to Sanchez, beautiful pass from Sanchez to Kane, who uh, first time passes it back into Deke's path. So certainly by the time you get to Dyer, Sanchez, Kane, Deke, and then Deke's back, back uh cut back to Benton uh you're
0: definitely into an automation at that point uh, you know, bloody hell that is an extraordinary de- it's extraordinary description of the goal I can't even thinking, I mean wow so yeah you
2: know, ca- <laughs> I'm sort of Kane, Kane it, the Sanchez passes into Kane, Kane's um passes into kane's uh, path, Kane touches it first time to decky decky muscles a man through, goes past him, and then it's a cut back to Bentico. and Deke is the best person in the league. Uh, running uh, along the goal line and then cutting back into space. When he beats his man, when he muscles past his man, um, he's coming towards the near post and what he does is he draws yeah, the really defenders like away from Benton Kerr. So Benton Kerr has a man on him. Yeah. But once Decky gets past his man, the defender has to go and they're yeah, all yeah, drawn yeah. to, towards the uh, towards the goal line. So so uh, yeah. Benton Kerr's free. And you know, it's a really, really, really good bit of play. And Benton Kerr has become you know, in the kind of second half of this first half of the season has become exceptional about finding that space, uh, uh, you know, in and around the box. Yeah, actually, just one last thing on Deke. As the game went on, every time he got the ball, he had two
0: or three men on him, every time, because they realised his danger.
2: And again, just well, create they, space they- for everyone
0: else. They definitely had a plan to try and stop him coming back across on his left foot. I mean, that was—I mean, that would be an obvious plan. But the thing with him is, you can't—you kind of can't stop him. That's what's really intriguing. Um, mm-hmm. you, you just can't. I mean, there were many times he was cutting across onto his left, and 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 you think, ah, oh, they've blocked the option, but he would still find a, 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 a you know a contribution of of, of some huge note.
2: And it was—is his physicality as well, isn't it? I mean, you yes, think that he's absolutely. been off for a while, and sometimes it takes—it takes a while for players to kind of to get, you know, to get the strength back and what have you. And and he has got that slightly kind of ungainly way sometimes with the ball. It doesn't—it it doesn't look as good as it actually is sometimes because you know he'll go through a, a a load of players and then you wonder how he managed to come out the other end with the ball, but he always does. Um, mm. And. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say, uh, like you, Steph, I, I've wondered whether he could do a, a Dembele and whether you could see him in central midfield and breaking with the ball. But I suppose with, with the way Benton playing at the
0: moment, you don't need that, do we? Benton Kerr does that he's, um... I love him moving like Dembele with more speed as he does in the positions he does and, 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 and having the, the, the creative uh, brain of Berbatov which I think he has I mean the only thing now he probably needs to add to his game is more goals and I think those will come I mean I think it's mm. it's clear to me one thing I don't want him to, to do is become like uh, Musa in the way of you've got this brilliant shot that we rarely see um, having said that I don't think that's going to be a problem because I think if he can stay fit and be consistent he's going to take as many shots he's going to create chances so um but yeah let's talk about benton core look I, let's just say it flat he's one of the best midfielders in the prem right now we talk about a price i mean you're looking at i mean and again we're not looking to sell him we're just having fun but he's another 70 million pound player at least right now i mean if you put him for example in man united uh you know i think liverpool i mean there's so many clubs that i'm chelsea would trip over themselves sideways for him. I mean, he's such an important player and he has stepped up. He is taking responsibility in so many of these games now. He is grown into a leader of this club in an incredibly short amount of time, a pitch leader, and it's huge. I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I'd really
2: like to see a uh, ball playing number six, playing behind him in Hojbjerg, mm. and Hoybier because Benton Kerr and Hoybier are exceptional mm. pressers really 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 Mm. close down teams and and they kind of you know we get turnovers and we can push forward and that's basuma's game as well he'd be far better there than he he would be at the base of midfield and and skip's very Mm. very good at doing that as well um so if we could uh, uh, you know as another option you know for, for the game and it would help out the defense because they'd have someone they could pass the ball to who could um you know dictate play and we could it would help our wing backs because we could get them away quicker um, I think that would be a really, really interesting option. You know, and maybe it's someone who can play, you know, six and eight, or you know, six, eight and ten ideally. Um uh but that would I think would be a really interesting option and, and we'd really get the best out of Benton Kerr and Hoybier then I think.
0: Yeah, it'd be great.
1: Definitely, And um, Benton because is crucial to our play in both halves. Um, and again, he's he's like Deki, He doesn't stop searching for the ball and how he can affect the game. Um, and then above all, he's just, he's a beautiful player to watch. Mm. Um, and you're right, you're right, Milo, like him and Hojbjerg repressed so well. Um, and that, you know, in, in terms of sort of turnovers of the ball and, and interceptions and things like that, that, you know, that then have led to chances, creators and goals. Um, so I think I think we're we're actually uh, we're we're doing we're doing really well in terms of what we have in midfield. But you're absolutely right. I just think we need a player. We need a one or two. Of those kind of more holding ball playing midfielders behind them, just to kind well, of
0: yeah, I mean keep, yeah, I think this is where it's been really. You know, uh, I think Basuma came on yesterday and 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 made a huge difference in that he really well. because yeah. he does enable yeah. those two to to sort of uh, you know let themselves a little freer, especially Bentoncourt. and you know and mm-hmm. that's and that's why you know. It's interesting we can't seem to make three five two work from the beginning, but uh it's certainly when we when we transition during games and when we switch to that system it can be it can be very effective so you know a special mention to bisuma for, for for coming in and 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 you know as I think we all discussed pre pod i mean he's slowly finding his way and was very very useful yesterday yeah. you know Yeah,
1: and that three five two switch, I think that maybe that's got something to do with our our kind of superior fitness as well. So, like you know, we do the three four three, and then we get to a certain point where we then bring on that extra player in midfield, and we you know, and then that's when we start dominating the game, and we can we really start pushing for that goal and driving forward as a as a full team. And I think,
2: yeah, you know, I think we've got to be honest that part of the decision for that switch was probably also because Richarlison is coming back from an injury and we need to you yeah. know he was tiring so it's you know it's probably mm-hmm. you know that's pro- probably one of the reasons as well as the you know the tactical switch but yeah I thought Basuma you yeah, know he he allows Bentonker to get forward so he's not he's not going to find that space as easily no. um mm-hmm. uh in you know in the box without yeah. Basuma on the pitch and yeah. I think Bentonker has been our best player in the you know in the first half of the season or you know certainly in the second half of the first half of the season and i think a lot of that is down to you know since basuma's coming into the side and giving him the freedom to get forwards
0: yeah i agree with that uh, a little special mention if i can as well for the uh much maligned davinson sanchez who i think it's clear is suffering from a crisis of confidence uh and uh, well has done for the last month i think it's been quite marked to me anyway in my from what i've seen but who yesterday as you were pointing out earlier milo you know when he was pushing forward in that almost wingback role some of his some of his passing was incredibly accurate and incisive and it just goes to prove you know if you're one of these morons who sits and just screams at a player and says you're shit you're no good you're shit you're no good this is a Colombian international he's going to be playing at the World Cup you're not right he (laughs) he can pass a football you've seen this you're not they didn't (laughs) qualify for the World Cup so he's not going to play at the World Cup Ah, in that case, he's going to be, he was, well, he is an international player and I stand corrected on that, but, uh, well, maybe it's because of him. (laughs) Oh dear, I'm burying myself. But he has played at World Cups. He has played at World Cups with, with, uh, with Columbia, I believe. He is an international footballer. He you know, and, and he he can play football. He just, you know, he's, as we've said, maybe not suited to us at this point in time. Um, But he showed great courage. And I thought, actually, uh, you know, he did pretty well yesterday uh, towards the end of the game. Again, I'm not lobbying for him to be starting at Tottenham Hospital Football Club. I'm just saying, I think that, you know, we need to, to realise that, you know, he's not he's not as terrible as you think he is. I I thought he was... You disagree.
2: <laughs> no, no, I I think... I thought he was far better offensively than defensively but in the point you know, the point in the game he yes. came on um he was, was able to do that I I think he was poor for the third Leeds goal. Yeah. Uh, he, he gave a free he gave away a free kick within minutes of coming on on the edge of the box he was and poor. then um and then for uh, Rodrigo's goal uh, yeah, the second goal which we yeah, we, he we, was poor we, we, we we've talked about Larez uh, should have done better with it but Luis gives him too much oh, sorry yeah. Sanchez gives him too much space. And allows him to get the shot away. Um but yeah, I thought going forwards, I mean actually we've seen him kind of um you know getting up the right hand side a few times this season and um but you know, later in the game where we're kind of it's
0: wave after wave and we've got all those players forwards, you know, it must be quite good fun to play. Yeah, I mean look, bear in mind I am the person <laughs> I am the person who once wrote, as I said about ten minutes ago, on John Lacey's shirt good. So I do have a I do have a previous of sticking up for somewhat lost causes, but but I mean I'm just I just wanted to shine a little light on something positive with him.
2: You know, I, I think again, I think you know, a bit like we were saying about Royale, you know, he's not suited to the way we want to play. He's not a passer, he's not a possession footballer. No. Um and you know, I think it's for the best his best interest that he leaves the club in the next two win, yeah, you know, one of the next two windows. Um, and I, I think he'll, I think he'll do well somewhere else because I think he's a, I think he's a good defender. He's just not a ball player. And you know, when yeah. he joined the club that first season, he was exceptional. Um, he's just, yeah. you know, it's, you know, he's not the right player for this manager. And yeah, you know, good, you know, th-
0: thanks for thank thanks for the service. You know, good luck. Let's take a moment also to reflect on, I, I want to reflect on Kane, Dyer, Benjamin Davis, Pierre-Emile Rodrigo Rodrigo Um I, I'm sure I'm missing someone out, Hugo mm. Lloris, but he's not an outfield player, so he doesn't quite count for the same uh, praise I'm about to offer right now. But, you know, these are players who are going to be at the World Cup a week from now. Um, they all played, they've played a heavy load of games. They all put themselves in for some challenges yesterday, which I thought were uh, at best 50-50. I thought, actually, the cha- the mm. foul on Eric Dyer in the second half should have been an instant red card. That was a disgraceful challenge. Um, but, you know, Dyer didn't shirk it. And then we've got Harry Kane in the 90th minute leading, like the Pied Piper, leading several Leeds players all over the pitch, heading into the corner, knowing that he's going to be great. taking challenges from behind to try and get the ball. Yeah. But brave enough to do it, knowing that one, one frustrated Leeds player could put him out of the World Cup you just don't know what's going to happen but unafraid playing with courage I I just want to I just want to say that to me is really impressive I mean you you get a lot from me for that so extra credit to all of them
2: yeah I mean it's it's worth taking a minute to look at how much they played so Mark um, Trainus on Twitter um, did a really interesting thread around comparing us to Arsenal in terms of the minutes they've played and kind of distance covered so the Arsenal player with the most number of minutes this season is Granit Xhaka, who's done 1,719 minutes, 19 games. We've got uh, one, two, three, four, five players who've played more minutes than that. So Kane's done 2,117 minutes, Dyer, 2,082, uh, Hoybier, 2,005, Benton Kerr, 1,998, um, and Lloris, uh, 1,890. Minutes. Kane has done the mo- played the most minutes of any player in the Premier League this season. Um, and then, if you look at um, kind of distance covered, so Harry Kane's run eighty kilometres more than Jesus. Uh, Dyer's covered seventy two wow. kilometres more than Saliba. Uh, Hoyer has covered forty kilometres more than Xhaka. Uh, Kerr has covered one hundred twenty five kilometres more than Party. And Son has covered forty kilometres more than Saka. So on average, those five players have run seventy-two kilometres wow. more. And then you want, yeah. So wow. when we start talking about kind of Arsenal season and you know where the, you know where they are and what have you, and how you know some of our players are looking a bit leggy, you know, there's a reason for that. And so thanks, Mark. So I've just kind of I've, li- I've Mark I've lifted all your all your hard work there, but it was a really interesting thread.
0: <laughs> Well, by the way, Mark, thank you for the thread. Uh, Milo, yeah. thank you for calling it out, and for all our listeners, you should actually cut and paste this and print it out on your wall. I mean, I know you can't because it's a, an audio pod, but repeat it to yourself. <laughs> Listen again because those are outstanding numbers that really prove a point. But but it should also give us
2: optimism for the second half of the season because Arsenal have you know, you know come through a group stage in the in the Europa League where they could rotate and rest players. And in the second half of the season, if they're going to progress in the Europa League, you know there's some decent teams in that now, and they're not going to be able to do the same thing. And you know, in the second half of the season, and you know they've had easier easier run of home games. They haven't played many of the decent teams away from home yet. They've got a tougher second half of the season than we have. So this is going to even out, and they're not going to be able to do the same thing. And um, I love it. You know, they have.
0: I love this. If they have
2: key, if they have injuries to key players in the same way that we've had. Yeah, you know, if they leave if they lose Partey or Jaka, then they're gonna struggle. If they lose Saliba or Odegaard. You know, yeah, yeah, they're gonna struggle. They've got a load of players. Well who, we lost who, Yeah. You know
1: Sorry, we, we lost um Richardlesson, and Son. Yeah. So what what's the equivalent for Arsenal? That's basically is that Saka, like Saka Martinelli Odegaard, and Odegaard. Martinelli? Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I mean, yeah. look—we've. This is the elephant. This is the elephant in the room for all Tottenham Hotspur supporters. It doesn't personally bother me because I don't give a shit about them up the road. I really don't. Well, I mean, apart from that, I don't like them. But you have come to the elephant in the room, Milo, and it is well worth addressing. And I'm glad you have. And again, anyone who is bothered by them ending the first third of the season on top of the league and going into the, uh, you know, the, the World Cup break, top of the league, listen again. Press your rewind button for about five minutes and listen again. This is why it's all going to go massively nipples to the sky for that lot. And you have mm-hmm. to trust us. We'll see. We'll, we'll we'll see all of you. Well, we'll see you all in May it's going it's the truth they cannot sustain it and we are going to be very very strong in the second half of the season and uh it, it and look we're not we're not happy clappers a phrase i absolutely fucking despise by the way we're not happy clappers this is this is you've got statistical reference here so listen again this is why you need to look at this first half of the season in context so all that being said closing thoughts for this game chaps we are having a little too much fun one positive and one negative in 30 seconds 3 2 1 milo positive
2: four goals some really really nice attacking play we end you know this in this first half of, you know really really difficult season i think we should be you know ending it on a high um you know we've won we're not back at the lane until till new year's day i think isn't it we're fourth we're in the champions league last 16 um there are there are things for conte to work on but um, yeah, there's, there's also plenty to be optimistic about. I think you know, particularly that you know, Liverpool second half and you know some of our play in the last 20, 30 minutes against Leeds was really, really good. And if we, can, if we can fix the other bits, then we're going to be a real handful in the second half of the season. And the negatives, yeah. I mean, it's kind of the flip side of that. It's the silly mistakes. We need to cut them out. But I'm sure with a bit of rest, and uh, and a couple of reinforcements, you know, no pre- pressure, Paratici. But if you can pull another two out like you did last January, then um, then we'll be all right. That's the benchmark, basically. He's he, you know, he, <laughs> you know, anything worse than last January's business.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> Got to at least equal that, and then we're so. And then we're okay. When did Fabio Paratici become an anagram? If you poor bastard, you've been put in a really tough spot. I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. I like high expectations. Good for you. We should. He's getting paid very well. I expect him to uh, exercise similar judgment. Well said. Ram. Um, Positive. The determination
1: we showed to win the game. Uh, And the fact that uh, for me, I think things are only going to get better uh, when we get back from the World Cup break. And negative it was just another Jekyll and Hyde performance. And we need to cut that out, which I'm sure we will.
0: I think your positives and negatives are the same as mine. I'm going to give you a slightly abstract uh, positive moment that I had yesterday. It's a pretty personal one. Your positive
2: is that Decky didn't put his foot on the accelerator as you were (laughs) prancing around his car.
0: (laughs) Actually, I will say that our our little moment together was the last one he had, and that car did seem to move a little quicker afterwards, so you may not be too far off the mark. (laughs) Although at that point, you could only hear Ricky screaming, my photo didn't come out, and it was really well taken. So maybe, anyway, no. Um... (laughs) No, my my positive, I'm I'm an old I'm an old romantic, I think you, you all know this. Um where I was sitting yesterday, um it's uh, where where I usually sit is in, in the east stand, uh east upper, uh quite near the front there of the tier, and there was a moment where the sun was going down and it was coming through the glass and on the screen were were the words of the Glory game and uh, Hunter Davis's book was there. And I just looked at the cockerel against the sky it was quite silhouetted and I looked at this sun this setting sun pouring through this orange light and the glory game and this bizarre game unfolding in front of me and I just thought you know How fucking lucky. I could have been, I could have ended up supporting so many other clubs where I support this club. And somewhere in there, it it was, I mean, I'd had some fire order and so on and so forth, but I just felt really, just super happy about everything to do with this club. So when that fourth goal went in, I was like, wow, great. I can, I can maintain that happy feeling. I would have anyway, but that was my positive. It really was. Uh, it, It, you know, it was a glory game for me, 4 3. That's what it was. That's, that's our club. Sorry. That's what we are. Mm. Sorry, Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway.
2: He's never going to like that, is he? Because he's always going always to want control.
0: No. Oh, he must have been steaming. Yeah. Yeah. He probably actually listened to my positive from the game. He'd be like, yeah, 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 whatever. But <laughs> come and see a couple of 1-0, 2-0 wins. I'll be much happier. But anyway. So are we at the end of the pod?
2: No, we're going to do Forest because. um, Okay. Earlier in the week, you two headed up there, didn't you, on your jolly boys outing? And (laughs) we did. We certainly did. Let's let's kick off with a question. Say, football aside, how was Nottingham? How was your night out? This is like a dating game. Who wants to go first? (laughs)
0: Do you want to talk first about? Our well, for, date, you it date, you, for you it is blind date because
2: for you it is blind date because you got your camera turned off again yeah. this
0: week. <laughs> I do have my camera turned off. Ram, why don't you speak got, first? Okay, yeah. Um, Remember what I, I mean, told the, you yeah. to say. <laughs> <laughs> I d- 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 <laughs>
1: Remember what we discussed yes. in the car on the way back. <laughs> have you got your script? <laughs> no, um. Look, I, I I know. For me, the football was actually sort of inconsequential. Thank fuck, (laughs) because it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was uh, like that was my first away day with Tottenham since. like for literally decades um so it and I'd never been to the city ground before and it's it's a proper football club mm. you know and 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 I think just on on the way up met up with Steph and we we drove up and um and and it was it was great because we you know we we kind of obviously we we chatted about personal stuff and things like that chatting about spares um we're both very you know as you are Milo we're both huge music lovers but I'd, we didn't actually put any music on on the way up because we were chatting so much and you know and it was it was just it was great. It's all part of being part of the away day, you know, just, uh, it's connection, mm. isn't it? And, uh, and then we got, we got to, um, forest and we, we actually went into the home area. Uh, where all the home fans were and you know and there was and that was fine there was no it never felt threatened or anything like that had a I, I had a cob uh which is mm-hmm. uh which is you know for a southerner like me I, I, I thought I literally thought corn on the cob but um a roll. no it's a, it's a it's a bun it's a bap you know with yeah roll yeah and um and then we yeah you know and we got we got uh we got we did end up in in the proper end um and, and and it was it was great because the 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 Forest fans were great. They obviously gave it to us when they went one 0 up, and then eventually when they won the game, you know, as 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 they should. And then the the drive back, the drive back was was great as well. Like we stopped off once for for a, I think a cup of coffee and a sandwich and things like that. And again, just connecting, just chatting, just uh just kind of uh chatting, chatting a little bit about the game. And then it was just back to kind of, you know, kind of, yes, yeah, so just some really, it was just, it was just lovely. But um, one of my favorite bits, though, was, and I'm sure Steph will maybe elaborate on this, was, uh, I will say this to anyone. I know Steph has really put his heart on his sleeve when uh, when uh, we talk about Eric Dyer and his defense of him. Well, he puts his money where his mouth is because uh, there was one particular gentleman i shall say who when dyer came over to uh you know uh, give us a round of applause really let rip at him uh like like you know just unnecessarily let rip at him and steph in no uncertain words told him what he thought of that and what he thought of him for for behaving like that uh and i tell you what steph's a very jovial happy you know kind-hearted soul but uh In that moment, I was like, I'm glad he's not shouting at me like that because. (laughs) You mentioned this, you mentioned
2: this, uh, like, after the game last week. I've got images of Steph doing a kind of a reverse of Eric Dyer when he was clambering over the seats to get up and protect his brother. It was like (laughs) Steph doing that, but going down the stand to try and protect Eric Dyer. (laughs)
1: It was close. It was that close, and I obviously did the the token sort of putting my arm out in Leave front of him. him Leave he's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But to be honest, it was it was very token because Steph had it completely under control, and this guy really, I think, once he realised what uh, he he didn't want any part
0: of that smoke once that he, Steph once, was offering. Honestly, it was once he realised that he wasn't on the internet spouting garbage and that this is yeah, actually real yeah. life, and that it wasn't some fucking avatar. Uh, he. He immediately backed down, which is the which is he the did. appropriate thing to do because he was talking yeah. bollocks. But yeah, I mean, look, it was it was my first away game uh, since the pandemic. The last one I w- was at was at Man City, the two two uh, in twenty nineteen. Uh, and I love away days. I mean, I only get over a few times a year, as you know, but I still get to, you know. Between eight, eight, ten games a year, maybe, and and you know, my my good friend Johnny is a, a, a just you know a tireless advocate and, and aid in that in that pursuit. Uh, we usually d- you know do our away games. He was uh, not able to go, and and Ram was uh, it was just it was like Ram, are we going? <laughs> um, it was and it was brilliant. I mean, it was the the quickest uh two and a half hour drive up. I think I've ever had uh, to Nottingham. Um, Ram very graciously came and picked me up and it was also the quickest two and a half hour drive back. To the point, Ram, I didn't tell you, I nearly suggested that we stop somewhere for another coffee because I actually didn't want the the conversation to end but then I realised it was late and that you were, you know, stretching to be tired. I love the city ground. It's a proper ground. I've been up there probably four or five times but hadn't been there for a good 20, 25 years. So for me, it was really nice to relive some old memories. There's actually a geezer behind us who was, uh, we actually exchanged a conversation about uh some of the games in the uh in the early 80s um you know uh, uh, the, yeah the, the football was what it was and i just you know I, I love it i love a night game i love a night away game it was it was it was it was a it was a great night out even though it was shit some some of the best away experiences that, that you have and i'm sure everyone listening can relate some of them are the shittiest games there's something mm. weird happens. I mean, I remember one at West Brom in the freezing cold many years ago and Raziak was playing. And the only thing, the only one thing that happened that night that was great was every time the light went on in the broadcast booth, you saw Alan Smith. And so we're all standing there at minus two and everyone would just turn out. The whole end was just singing big nose. You've got a fucking big nose. Well, my <laughs> son and I have remembered that forever. So even though it was a terrible performance, it was still a good night out in its own way, mm. you know? So yeah, it was an absolute blast.
2: Steph, I've got a question specifically for you. So I, mm. I know you're a superstitious chap, yeah. and you know you like your lucky pants for a game. And I, what I wanted yeah. to know was whether you whether you rotate them for a uh, for a cup game. So like you know the lower cups, <laughs> do you have a second string pair of lucky pants that you bring out well, for those, or, or do, you I, go, no. do you do Conte and play your best? Yeah, <laughs> play your best pants for every game. <laughs>
0: I, I have to them dis- to the ground. I have <laughs> to disgracefully uh, let both my uh, sort of semi legacy and and your question down by saying I put no thought into my <laughs> underpants or socks uh, that day. Which actually, now that you mention it, is probably why we lost.
2: So you do rotate for the cup games. So you, you, do you keep them for the kind of big big Champions League games in the Premier League? Is that?
0: I I, I will admit the bigger the game, uh, the more conscious I am of the underwear I'm wearing. Yes. I I mean, that is true. I will admit to that, which means Mm. that I probably, you know, I I should take. Yeah. Yeah. And I should probably actually up my game and take these games more seriously. I probably should have got my a pants on for this one. You know, I mean, you, you, you make a good point. Yeah. um,
1: yeah. Steph did, um, he did manage to uh, offend one of the local lasses (laughs) by um, ordering me to hydrate. That
0: was brilliant, wasn't it?
1: She she was disgusted (laughs) that, yeah. Hydrate?
0: Yeah, she looked at me, she goes, hydrate. he, he He
1: asked if I wanted a bottle of water. And yeah. then I said in my be, in my best yeah, Brian Clough accent, I said,
0: I said, I bet my best Brian Clough accent, I said, You need to hydrate, young man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she was good she was good vanishes, good laugh. Yeah, it was a jovial night. Yeah. Ram it was jovial
2: night. He's from California. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we just touch on the team selection? Actually, with this? we were talking about it earlier on, weren't we? And say, oh yeah, no, you, you want, want to you, So you, you rotate <laughs> yeah. you rotating your pants more than uh, Conte <laughs> rotates his team. Yeah. Uh, okay. what, what what do we yeah. think? Were we were we surprised? Should we have been surprised?
0: Oh, of course, absolutely. Yeah, but that's because I, I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised. I think we both looked yeah. at each other like, whoa, he's playing Harry Kane. Like, I, yeah, you
1: know, what's that about?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: For, for selfish reasons it was like great to see a, a strong team before the game to see the team um, that was selected but I just I wasn't sure it was the right thing to do for that stage of the competition no. I mean yeah, no I, mean, I, 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 I yeah
2: I think that's the problem isn't it because you, know, you select a strong side and you know I think I think Conte takes some convincing to that a player's ready doesn't he and but then you know we, I think this probably was evidence that there were some players there who were thinking about their World Cup place and maybe weren't giving it you know their full I think we, I think a lot of the team played at half pace and didn't didn't really yeah um they yeah, weren't exerting themselves really
1: I think it's yeah I think a second string actually would have probably had a bit more verve about them
2: i would have quite liked putting out a second string side and then saying if you get through this then you're playing in the next round because the next game you know if we'd got through is Mm. what three days after the world cup final you don't you know anyone who's gone to the world cup you don't want to play do you and i think
0: um, well you don't want harry kane playing three days after he's he's played you know won the biggest tournament lifted the, (laughs) three days after he's lifted the, the
1: 17 goal. Gold, Golden boot. I was looking
2: at the World exactly. Cup schedule, though. So even if England get knocked out in the quarterfinals, he's only got two weeks off before Boxing Day. So, you know, he's not it's, going to do any training, well, is he? It's
0: so, madness. hope not. Yeah. I mean, it's madness. But Although, you know, Antonio might have him doing all sorts, might have him running 50 laps of the pitch within a week to see if he can make him throw up. No, I mean, in all seriousness, I think what this highlights uh, more than anything is what a conundrum this period of time has been for the manager in particular. Because, I, I look, you would look at that and say... Come on, Antonio! You kind of have. This is a chance to rest them, and you didn't. Um, So this is kind of on you a little bit. Show a little more courage and a little more faith, or at the very least, like you know, just take a hit. You can't win everything. Take a hit. Take a hit. I I
2: agree. I mean, I think a lot of people probably would have been frustrated with it, but I would have been quite happy if he just said, "Fuck it," you know. um, You you, you these players here, I need for Saturday, and you've played. You know, we've talked about how many kilometres more they've run than you know, comparable sides already. Yeah. Um. You know, you take the night off, you guys give it a run. And if we get through, great. If we don't, who cares? Because we end up in the same place we're in now anyway, but at least they get a night off.
0: Agreed. I mean, it would have been nice yeah. to have seen a Harvey White. It would have been nice to have seen a Papi Madassar at the, you know, playing, yeah. playing in midfield. It, I think Brian Hill, but, but deserved to yeah. start for sure. I think he earned the chance to show it from the beginning. And you know, I I, I think we talked it's about Jess Spence off pod. I yeah. mean, definitely earned the chance. So yeah, Spence. So so that yeah. you know, there are at least four players who could have come in, and and and, and 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 that's. But that this is hopefully the manager will learn from this. I mean, he's smart. I mean, hopefully he learns from this.
2: I mean, I don't think he will because he's never been big on rotating. I don't just don't think it is how he is you know he rotates the side when he's forced to because of injury or suspension um but I, I feel sorry for you know Sar. I feel sorry for Hill I feel sorry for Spence because I think um they've had a you know I don't I'm not sure how much they would have got out of this first half of the season you know they've, they've played very little football yeah. I mean
0: Hill's had a raw deal Hill's had an especially yeah. raw deal because he was about to go but, out the door and, and be playing first team football and Spain and you know number the numbers game.
2: It's been on the fringe of the Spain international side, so he might have been going to the World Cup if he if he had been playing first team football somewhere. Yeah, I and mean, yeah. Pat Matasar, you know, was you know playing you know, yes. week in week out. Or admittedly, in a really poor side in in, in Liga last season, he he's, he hasn't featured at all. So other than meeting his teammates and working out where he's going to live and learning a bit of the language, he's probably got very little from this first half of the season. It, I I just don't think. I I hope all of them get really really good. Uh, loan deals in January, but you'd assume that's dependent on bringing in cover for them, which is going to be a tall order because there is only so many signings you can make. Um, yeah. You know, Harvey White's not going to get any better, is he? Sat on the bench,
0: no, but you, 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 and you raise a really important point. It is about getting cover for them, but it's about getting cover that the manager trusts enough to play, and that's the big mystery that that uh, Paratici uh, has has to solve, and 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 hopefully is already on the path to solving in January because uh, numbers are no good if you don't use them. Uh, and essentially I'd love to know, I don't have the stats in front of me, obviously, I'm not a stats person particularly, but I'd love to know the pool of players he seems to have chosen from regularly in this first half of the season is pretty small. So, you know, it doesn't really, you know, the numbers don't matter. And and by the way, if if some of our players had been fit, it probably would have been smaller.
2: But I think that is him. I think that's what he's like. I think he's always been like that. I don't think you're ever going to see him using, um, you know, you know, 22 players and rotating through all of them it's just not how he is um so you know maybe you do just need some bodies that are on the bench in case of emergency but it's not great unless unless you can rotate that I mean I don't know maybe Nile Jung comes in and takes Harvey White's place in the second half of the season and Harvey White can get a loan out or uh, you know Devine can come in and uh, and takes uh Saar's place or I don't know but you know Devine would have would have been expecting a loan back in the summer until he picked up his hamstring injury and um, you know, is, is he better off pl- uh, sitting on the bench for the first team rather than playing for the under-21s? Probably not. No, I, I, mm. I think i think agree. So,
0: yeah. So, again, yes, we were. I think we were both very surprised. Uh, and I think everyone was. I mean, there was a bit of a shock all around the ground, wasn't there? I mean, pit- well, in our corner. I mean, people were yeah. just like, oh, you know. But, yeah, it, it was a good night with shit football. Yeah. Do yeah. we want to talk about the game or
2: should we just say that Spence was the highlight and um, it was nice to yeah. see some players back and that's about it? <laughs>
0: Spence's run was a highlight for me the 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 yeah. run and the header those were nice I thought uh, it was I'd like to have known you know in an alternate universe uh when Doherty absolutely smashed that shot that the keeper made a really good save I'd like to have known what would have happened if that had gone in wouldn't yeah. we all well it would have been a goal that would have, would have happened but you know what I mean um <laughs> yeah. yeah and other than that you know it was uh you know it was just sort of actually I, I <laughs> Away games are always full of interesting, colourful language. So uh, I found myself, the football was so poor, found myself sort of counting the cunts, not in the crowd from people's <laughs> mouths. <laughs> yeah. You know, cunt, cunt, fucking cunt, 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 cunt. It Like that, that was quite funny in a, in a, in a way. And uh, But uh, I will say that I stood there just really hoping that people would like not all start kicking off on every player yeah. all the time. And I have to say it was pretty, it was pretty okay other than the, that, that idiot. um, yeah. And that was, that was good. I was glad to hear that, but I think our away fans are probably a little, a little more sussed than a mm. uh, greater fan base. I think they, you know, they mm. go everywhere. They, they know the score, you know, that's the impression I get. So I've always had that impression actually. So, you know, yeah good stuff yeah i feel say say just one last thing
2: on spence i'd say i do feel a little sorry for him when you think that i mean obviously forest were, were after him again and i think um busher dortmund were interested in him and you can't help thinking if he'd gone to germany he probably would have been playing regularly you know, dortmund have got a very good record of um bringing through young players mm. you do wonder whether he regrets the decision and um you know whether player young young players Not getting a chance, you know. If we don't start getting better at funding development loans for young players, whether players are reluctant, you know, young, promising young players are reluctant to join us because they're worried that they'll sit on the bench and not not get any games. This is
0: definitely going to be an issue, and this is where Fabio Paratici is going to have to earn his corn because he's going to have to point out that he is the sport the the football director, and Antonio Conte is the coach. So you know, in most of these systems, the the sporting director outlasts the coach uh so yeah i i agree i agree it's it's a yeah. it's, it's a real issue yeah yeah well let's hope jed spence can uh, can either get a good loan or you know, I don't know maybe he gets a chance but that's probably not going to happen so i agree with you and uh well there's this line that says thanks that was fun but that's because it, it it's usually that i'm finishing off a section but you finished it off this time so i think you should say that
2: thanks lads that was fun <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> um, Thank, thanks milo we'll be back next week to review our first half of the season if you like our pod we'd be really grateful if you could share on social media that includes mastodon it really helps us pick up new listeners and grow our audience as always thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week